Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Story of the day, Urban Meyer fired by the Jacksonville Jaguars after just 13 games as their head coach. We have more on that coming up in 30 minutes when Kimberly Martin joins us in studio. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus Presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests join us via the Goodyear hotline, Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin. But the NFL right now, Courtney, has an even bigger issue as the numbers continue to swell based on COVID cases. And look, it's I heard Greeny talking about this a lot yesterday. So many of us are so tired of discussing COVID, but when you see 97 players in the last three days that have been put on COVID-19 lists around the league. It's uh, alarming doesn't even cover it. It's a staggering number. And one has to wonder here at what point we're going to start to see games get rescheduled. Yeah, I mean, Roger Goodell was down at le- in league meetings in Dallas yesterday and said that they had not talked about rescheduling the Browns game for, I believe it's on Saturday this week, and considering mm-hmm. how many cases they are currently dealing with, their entire offense and their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, are all in the protocol. It's kind of wild that the NFL is like, nah, we're just going to march forward, uh, business as usual. The crazy thing about all of the positives that have popped up since – since Monday, um, most of them are asymptomatic, which is the crazy part because of how many players, you know, how many more players they could be added to that list who don't think that they're sick, who don't have any sort of symptoms and end up with the virus and potentially out for either if they're vaccinated a certain number of games, if they're unvaccinated, potentially 10 games minimum. Um, And it really makes you think at this point of the season with four games left, if this is coming back right now, in the league here, the NFL, the NBA is dealing with it in its own, you know, completely different set of circumstances. But it's really making you wonder, how is the NFL, as it reexamines COVID-19 and the protocols, how are those protocols going to change so something like this doesn't end up affecting playoff games come January? But it feels inevitable that it's going to. Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt. And we, we saw what happened last year when they were moving games all over the place. But now that you have uh, the vaccinations available outside of the players that have opted not to do it and the league pushing it as hard as they have, I really have to believe that at some point we may start to see players who are asymptomatic who may be tested positive if they if they get even one negative test within uh, – you know, even day of game, they're going to be out there. I think the league is going to be a lot more lax. The Players Association continues to push for testing every single day. And the league's argument to me just does not really hold a whole lot of water that it's not about testing at this point. They test once a week, that's enough. It's really more about not having uh, more positives and more sick players on the field, and we're really monitoring that. Well, how, how exactly is that happening if you're not making your players feel more at ease by testing every day? And we know why they're not doing it. It's because it costs too much money. And because more testing 
for everybody would probably reveal more asymptomatic cases. So more people on the COVID-19 reserve list, which would probably force the NFL at some point to actually have to consider moving or postponing or canceling games all outright, which they do not want to do. Their schedule is so sacred. We already dealt with this last year several different times, and they don't want to be back in that spot. So They don't don't want to be playing a game on a Tuesday afternoon like they were with Pittsburgh last year. Exactly. And I I just think that as it comes towards the postseason, you're going to be – because the NFLPA for – you know. It's kind of crazy because the NFLPA are the ones who said, no, we cannot have a vaccine mandate for our player, but we encourage daily testing. We plead with the NFL for daily testing, and they still want that now. And the NFL is just like, nope, mm-mm. it's not going to be happen until you're unless you're symptomatic. But the NFL is pushing for less testing effectively yep. unless you are symptomatic and showing signs. And that brings up the question, which has been debated uh, really throughout the entire season, that if you are a player who tests positive but you are asymptomatic, if there is no evidence of transmission on the field, which some want to argue, why shouldn't you be allowed to return to the field sooner if you are asymptomatic? And that just, I think that that puts us down a, a very slippery slope of how this whole thing could come undone. I, I totally agree. And I think that um, this idea that it can't get spread outside anymore doesn't seem to be as much of a factor when it comes to the Delta variant. I don't want to get into all the specifics of it. It seems like it's more plausible that it can, but it is very much the league not wanting more positives, and we won't get more positive tests right now if we don't test more. (laughs) I absolutely, I mean, this is a, a little tough to say, but there's a big part of me that doesn't necessarily trust what we're going to hear and see the rest of the way, because the last thing the league is going to want is for any of their star players to miss time around the postseason or around the regular, uh, the end of the regular season that could cost potentially having them on the field when it comes to the playoffs, not just affecting the games, but affecting the ratings as well. Yeah. And I'm a beat writer. I covered the Minnesota Vikings for ESPN.com. I'm constantly dealing with, you know, if, if there's a close contact, if there's positive tests, somebody's unvaccinated, vaccinated, you, you have to go through like all these different um, scenarios and, and kind of stay vigilant with it yourself. So when the Vikings have now six players on the COVID-19 reserve list, three on the active, three on the practice squad, it does kind of make me question because their backup running back tested positive and he's unvaccinated. So how, when you have an unvaccinated quarterback in Kirk Cousins, you have an unvaccinated star running back in Dalvin Cook, how are they not deemed close contacts? That to me just, and I'm not, I'm not insinuating anything here. I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but it does beg the question of how truthful are NFL teams going to be when it gets to crunch time, when it gets to a divisional playoff game, and -and so-and-so is not able to go because they're asymptomatic but tested positive. Like, is there any way, like, do we know, is there an independent arbiter that, you know, can, can, you know, be the ones to effectively make the call because we know it's not the head athletic trainers and the doctors like it's it's no. through bioreference which is the league's testing arm which I literally just tested with you know about an hour ago like we know that those go out to independent labs but trust me there will be teams that will try to get through different loopholes to make sure that players are active in spite of any surging cases that they might have on their own teams like we know this teams are you know at the most critical point of the season, you don't want to be without somebody just because they're asymptomatic and might have COVID. Like, unless they're 
really, really sick, you're going to be pushing to get them out there come hell or high water. And to be clear, they're going to be treating it as if, well, they're asymptomatic and they're, you know, let's just say you have vaccinated players. They're going to say, well, they are a lot less likely to get sick from this. So we don't, at least how they're probably justifying it. If this is something that's going to happen, it's going to be, well, we're not really putting them in any more jeopardy than they already were. So there's no need for us to really be as diligent as maybe mm-hmm. we used to be when we see how this is all played out. It is it is crazy, and it is also setting itself up for that kind of deception to happen and to be very tempting to teams to do. No question. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. If your pet is hurt in a car accident, Progressive pays up to $1,000 in vet expenses with free pet coverage. Visit Progressive. Dot com. It's Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. There's another story in the NFL that really has gotten sort of glossed over this week. And it's a big one, and it's one the league probably doesn't want to talk about. And I can remove the word probably. It's Carlin and Cronin for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, thousands have been affected by the Southern and Midwest tornadoes. If you would like to help, please visit redcross.org slash ESPN. Redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross respond and help people recover from this disaster. Courtney, the league has their COVID issues going on. And the other story that just seemingly won't go away is the Washington football team with Daniel Snyder. Now, earlier this week, the Washington Post reported that he had tried to interfere with the independent investigation into all of the harassment charges and the bad workplace culture that was around uh, the Washington football team. And he put out a statement completely denying all of it and the league said it wasn't a factor in this. I, I have a hard time believing that this is going away, but I also have a hard time believing that we're ever going to get really to the core of the truth of what went down uh, based on anything that the league is ever going to give us. 
And now that Congress is demanding that the NFL like turn over evidence ASAP, I don't know if if that's going to change the urgency in which this case is in which the situation as a whole is dealt with. Because frankly, I don't think the NFL wants all of those bodies to get unburied because you know that there's a hell of a lot more than the Washington football team. This is probably something that every single franchise in some respect has dealt with. And this could, I believe from, from my, in my opinion, I think the NFL looks at this as a situation that this could bring down the entire league. If the Snyder thing gets out, that's why they want to keep everything, all the evidence, all of the depositions, everything sealed. So this stuff doesn't have to surface because if it surfaces here, the NFL's worried it's going to surface everywhere else. I mean, effectively, they're trying to protect all of these oligarchies across, you know, sports. Because if you have middle-level management, regular old employees like just a normal person coming out and making accusations against an owner, the way that we have seen through the Washington Post's excellent reporting on this situation, that this could happen with Dallas, it could happen with the Raiders, it could happen with that's three franchises, so there'd be 29 others that could, uh, could be in the mix here because that's what the NFL is worried about when you have billionaire owners this could bring down your entire business model. Yeah, I, I really have been amazed. And I, I get that Roger Goodell works for the owners. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I really have been amazed at the levels to which they have gone to try to um, just not release any information about that investigation and make it as if the, the highest possible fine and him you know, cosmetically not running the team this year is somehow going to be enough that everybody would consider to be okay. And as much as it continues to pop up, I'm just wondering if there's anything that's ever actually going to make them, even Congress at this point. Mm -hmm. I I don't even think Congress at this point, you know, because they'll treat it like a lot of grandstanding and there are there are plenty of NFL owners that have plenty of politician friends yeah. <laughs> who, will, who will help them out along the way. Well, is there anything – I thought about this when I saw the statement from the representative who said, you know, all the stuff about how the NFL must immediately turn over all the evidence of the interference and other documents that they requested over a month ago. When Congress got involved with the – steroid situation in 2005 in baseball is there anything that we can learn from that that situation about how they actually got something done there they got people on trial in front of in front of congress they got people to perjure themselves they got people to admit to wrongdoing is there any way that that sort of scenario can play out here or maybe I'm just like, maybe I'm comparing an apple to a watermelon at this point. I don't know. But it just feels like they were at least somewhat successful with the steroid situation. Why couldn't they be with this? Right. And I I think that's exactly what the league's trying to avoid when they sure, see that. Sure, They don't want that. And, and they don't. And, and obviously they don't want that. But but just the the images of Sammy Sosa still sitting up there, Mark McGuire sitting up there, Rafael Palmero directly pointing his finger and 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 insisting that he had done absolutely nothing wrong. I mean, I, I think I, I don't know. I don't see that route here where this story is gonna have enough staying power, which is ridiculous, don't get me wrong, uh, unless people continue to pursue it hard. 
because I do have to say the league has actually done a pretty good job of trying to stamp it out at every turn. And just when it pops up in the Washington Post, even this week, Courtney, it's really hasn't been paid that much attention to on the grand scheme. That doesn't, I don't think enough people have kind of jumped forward after this. Well, geez, look at this. The guy's trying to, it, it, he's trying to get involved in the investigation, trying to shut it down. And it still hasn't been like there's been massive outrage about his behavior. I mean, he paid a woman. million to go away from the sexual misconduct lawsuit that was filed in 2009. And then the report from the Washington Post, which believe the reporting like this, they have been on this story since day one, which I also think is a reason there's kind of a fatigue around it because it's like, oh, another Washington football team misstep. What did they screw up this time? Well, how much more of a cluster bleep can this team be that sometimes people just tune it out because we've already seen how explosive this thing is dating back to the first story that dropped in July of 2020. So there's probably fatigue on it from that respect, why it's also gotten, you know, swept under the rug. But, you know, Daniel Snyder apparently... tampering with evidence is what he did and sending private investigators to people's homes to to follow these people like this is some mafia level nonsense and the nfl is covering it up or turning a blind eye the way that roger goodell spoke in dallas yesterday saying that no he didn't interfere he didn't do any of this when there's like proof according to this reporting which has never been wrong in this entire case that he that he did like I don't understand like how we can be like oh no that's wrong that's that is that's inaccurate no it's not I hate to put it this way the truth has never been less important in this country <laughs> it's amazing especially uh, across professional sports it is absolutely amazing Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G For only $299, no contract. All on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Well, Urban Meyer is out in Jacksonville. So, what does that mean for the Jaguars' future and the future of Trevor Lawrence? One of our NFL insiders joins us in studio next. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. It's Grady coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. In 30 seconds, we delve into the Urban Meyer firing with one of our NFL insiders, Kimberly Martin, who joins us in studio. It's Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. If you're a business owner, it can be tough to hire top talent for your team, especially when you're competing with other businesses to find the right people. So how can you get the hiring edge? ZipRecruiter. Next key marketing manager, Erin Hartgee, loves ZipRecruiter's invite to apply. She says they get my job posting in front of the right people. I instantly see great candidates and I can invite them to apply to my job. See for yourself. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greenie. It is Kimberly Martin, ESPN NFL insider, joining us in studio. What's going on? What is up? What's up? It is good to have you with mm-hmm. us. And the news came last night. I think we all thought it was inevitable. But once mm-hmm. you heard the news, what was your reaction to Urban Meyer's firing in Jacksonville? I actually was not as surprised. I was surprised by the timing. But I had talked to people throughout the season. But yesterday I spoke to several people about Urban in particular. And... The response that they have, they had was, if he lasts until year two, then you'd have to question what Shad Khan said from the beginning that he wants from an owner. I thought that was interesting. Also heard um, people say that Trevor Lawrence wasn't happy. Trevor Lawrence understood the situation he was in was not beneficial to his success and his growth. And that, to me, surprised me because Trevor Lawrence is the one – figure that I feel like we have not been talking about. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to be the number one pick, so we weren't really talking about him the way we're talking about Mac Jones and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Justin Fields pre-draft. Then all this stuff is happening, and we've been talking about urban and urban and all these, you see it on the screen, all these issues, um, you know, all these issues um, with urban off the field. And Trevor Lawrence really is the, should be the focal point. So hopefully Shad Khan doesn't try to do the sexy thing that's going to draw people into seats. Hopefully he just makes a wise decision with his quarterback at the forefront of that decision. You killed it on Around the Horn (laughs) yesterday, and you probably spoke this into existence considering this was among the things that you talked about in your last words. So good job with your clairvoyance. I'm very proud of you for that. I didn't want to take credit for that, Courtney. Um, But you can have all the credit you want on this show. (laughs) I do think Shad Khan – We'll heap it on you. I think Shad – he might watch ESPN, and he was like, that Kimberly Martin, she actually makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Maybe I should reevaluate this head coaching thing. I mean, if that's the case, then you should be hired to run – 32 of 32 NFL franchises, which um, I would fully endorse. But you bring up what Shad's going to do next, right? Like, Mm -hmm. he's got to make this hire actually work because it didn't work with Doug Marone. It did not work with Urban Meyer. And you have 
a generational talent that you don't want to waste. And we got a question, both Chris and I, I can't take credit for this one. This is from mm-hmm. Jonathan Green on Twitter. And he asked the two of us, so I want to ask you about it. Would you think that Shad Khan would be willing to go the route of hiring someone like a Jim Caldwell, who is 66 years old, but he's still in the mix or has been. He interviewed for the Houston Texans job last year to have a grown-up effectively, somebody who can can lead a team back onto the right track and provide credibility around the league. Or with with Lawrence in mind, would you think about a Byron Lefwich or an Eric Bieniemy who would help develop him even further? I mean, all three would probably get a ringing endorsement, but which direction do you think he goes? So the question of what should he do versus what will he do, I think is really fascinating. Um, I think somebody like Jim Caldwell should be at the top of the list because there are proven credentials there. Um, When you look at Jacksonville, this is a situation where you need to find the exact opposite of what you got in Urban Meyer. You need, forget offensive guru, offensive mind, get me an adult in the room that cares about his players and cares about building the right culture and building his players up. Get me that first. Get me a true leader of men, right? Because Urban Meyer, he couldn't even lead himself out in public, right? Properly. So Jim Caldwell, I think, is a perfect candidate. My fear, though, is that when people hear Jim Caldwell's name, it's like, oh, that's not uh, Jim Caldwell. I mean, he's how old is he? That's not really sexy. And he's got Detroit tied to him. Right, which if we could talk about Detroit for a second, Jim Caldwell was the last successful head coach in Detroit. As much as they wanted to move on from him, despite his success in Detroit, whether it be uh, Patricia, whether it be Campbell right now, um, I just don't think Jim Caldwell screams, Yes. Because he's sullied by the way the word Detroit right now, unfortunately. Right. But and I think, you know, Eric Bienemy is interesting because for Urban Meyer to get a head coaching job before Eric Bienemy, I just I just think to myself, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Because and a Twitter follower even said to me, you know, could they go with Byron Leftwich? I know he has less credentials than Urban Meyer. And I said, counterpoint, you could say that Byron Leftwich actually has more credentials than Urban Meyer from an NFL coaching standpoint. So I think Eric Bieniemy should clearly be at the top of the list just because of what we've seen with uh, him do with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And if Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson can have the same roles and get head coaching jobs and lose, well, Matt Nagy still has his job, but mm-hmm. Peterson How losing his job, <laughs> um, you know, Eric Bieniemy should have a shot. Uh, Byron Leftwich, that's interesting. I don't, I don't know if working with Tom Brady is enough to me that says, yes, Byron, clear answer. And I think with, with a generational guy like Trevor Lawrence, you got to be real sure because you cannot waste this. We've already wasted a year, I feel like. ESPN NFL insider Kimberly Martin joining us in studio, giving us a straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. One more on this from Lawrence's standpoint. I do wonder how much the lack of production this season Mm -hmm. combined with the fact that he said what he said about James Robinson, what he said yesterday, really ultimately put it over the top here for Shad Khan, understanding that as much as we haven't talked about him, and you're right about that, this has to be about Trevor Lawrence because he is the biggest asset that you have had in years. 
Yeah, you know, I feel like I, on one hand, I feel bad for Shad Khan because he clearly was trying to do something big, like make a bold decision, get Urban Meyer, a great winning college coach. Except from day one, Urban has sort of showed you who he was. And if Shad Khan had made any phone calls to people around the NFL, the same way I have to do for my job, he'd quickly discern, oh, wait a minute, there, there's, some, there's some issues here with Urban Meyer. Like, there, people are describing him as an egomaniac. I don't know if that's really what I want from my rookie um, quarterback, you know, eventually. You know what I mean? Um, with, with Trevor Lawrence, like, you have to you – ha- like, you have it. Like, there are so many teams. If you don't have a quarterback, you have nothing. And they have this perfect prospect. And, and he's, you've got Brian Schottenheimer as the OC – Jets fans know all about Brian Schottenheimer. Urban Meyer reportedly, you know, ripping coaches and, 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 you know, placing blame elsewhere. I wonder, whoever he brings in, they have to have the right staff. Because it's not just the head coach. Because even if you hire a defensive guy, mm-hmm. get a good OC, good QB coach. You know, people you trust, people that you trust to build Lawrence up because he really is the end-all, be-all. Because a guy like him does not come around very often, and it's a shame that he almost feels like an afterthought in this whole equation. So there's COVID stuff going mm-hmm. on, cases arising every single day in the NFL. There's this dumpster fire in Jacksonville. And, oh, by the way, we actually have, like, a really important game coming yes. up tonight yeah. on Thursday Night Football. The Chiefs can practically lock up the AFC West when they take on the Chargers. This is a KC team that started out three and four. Their defense was atrocious last time they played the Chargers. What should we be looking for in this game, aside from the quarterback play? Because we know Justin Herbert just pushed himself back into the MVP conversation with what he did last week against the Giants. But aside from that, what are you looking at with this game? So uh, to me, the big the big turning point for me with this Chiefs team is the defense. Uh, Spagnola's done a damn good job. Um, but they won't have Chris Jones. And that, to me, is a big deal because their pass rush, like Teron Matthew even said, the key to stopping Herbert, our pass rush, we got to knock him off his spot. Like, we got to put pressure on him. So now you don't have Chris Jones. But also, Justin Herbert won't have Rashawn Slater, his left tackle. Like, and I think, you know, recency bias, and we get excited about I said this on Get Up, you know, the shiny new toy thing. Justin Herbert, phenomenal, phenomenal quarterback. Um, I don't, I think the Chiefs are a way different team than they were in week three on account of their defense. Just uh, Patrick Mahomes hasn't looked like himself, but that to me should actually scare teams. Like this team is still winning games, is on a roll. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the Chargers, they're like four and four, they had a four and four stretch over eight games. Like they beat the Bengals, who they had a 24 nothing lead on and then squandered that lead before having to, you know, light it up. And then they beat the Giants. So I don't feel, and I talked to Derwin James and Brandon Staley and Rashawn Slater about their inconsistencies all season. So I don't feel like the, the Chargers are going to be a tough out, but I don't, I just feel like people just seem to be overlooking the Chiefs when they might be their most dangerous. Patrick Mahomes doesn't look like himself and they're still winning games. Imagine if he starts being Patrick Mahomes again. That is scary. Kimberly Martin joining us, ESPN NFL Insider. It appears Joe Judge is coming back for next year. It, all signs are pointing in that direction. What is your read on the Giants right now? Because it doesn't look like this is automatically getting fixed in another year. And that is the scary thing about the Giants. Because John Mara is a, clearly a very prideful person, cares about winning. 
is very emotional about how his team is portrayed. But think about it. The Giants have been living off that Super Bowl, the two Super Bowls. It's been like a decade. I've had a million jobs since they actually last won the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, like, and no matter how, since Coughlin, it's like the McAdoo and the Shermer and the just, it just, and then we don't know what Sam Darnold, it, whoa, see? That's right, you see, right, you see what I did right there, people? That was the point I was going to make. The fact that we don't know what Daniel Jones is, I was going to say it feels very Sam Darnold-y. Because I, as a team, you need to know what you have. And I feel like you, ha- you don't know with Daniel Jones. And we're too far into it to not know. Gettleman, I, I don't know how many times you want to fix the O-line and not fix it. Um, these contracts that were given out, I, like it just seems like this is not a team that's building towards something. We always constantly have to hit reset. And Judge, even if he's back, do you have confidence like, oh, yeah, the, the Giants will get it figured out? No, it's a wait and see, especially with Daniel Jones. So we know that DeAndre Hopkins is going to have to miss the rest of the regular season for the Arizona Cardinals um, with injury. But this Arizona offense has kind of sputtered in spite of everything. That the hot start this season, and then they lose Kyler, and then they lose on Monday Night Football. Like, how big of a loss do you think this is to the overall picture in what we expect this team to be in the postseason? It's huge. I mean, he's he's that number one guy for a reason. I think Arizona, despite their record, they just have a feeling of, do you really believe in Arizona? Like, I feel like nationally, do you do you feel like, oh, Arizona, oh, that's a Super Bowl team right there? Yeah, they have the talent. But the issue in Arizona has always been, the last couple of years, has been they start hot, then they fade. This year, they start and you're like, oh, okay, Arizona, we see you, we see you, Cardinals. And then, you know, you're losing to the Rams, you're sort of like, huh, the Rams look really good. Now it's, oh, the Rams are that team. Like, we could see that, we could believe in the Rams. And I don't know how to feel about the Cardinals. I just can't, I think t- Kyler Murray is very good, very talented. But when you have to lose a DeAndre Hopkins... I look at this offense, and James Conner, very good. But I don't, I don't feel as confident as a team like the Rams. Like, you lose Robert Woods. Oh, but there's a Cooper Cup. There's no doubt. Like, you feel like they got a lot of horses. Like, all right, we, got, we lost one guy, but, but we can still move. I don't feel that same confidence in the, in the Cardinals. Do you? I do not. And it feels like a paper tiger, basically. Mm-hmm in a lot of ways, and it's unfortunate because Kyler Murray is an, ex- an incredibly exciting yeah. player to watch right now, one of the best uh, best shows in sports yes. right yes. now. Kimberly Martin with us. Last one for me. You're headed to Cleveland. <laughs> Where um, I seem to live half the year. Yes, yes. you do. <laughs> Establish residency. Do you girl. have a timeshare? I need to get one. <laughs> I really do. Well, the other thing is who's playing for the Browns this weekend given their COVID situation and it is amazing. Their entire offense is basically out. Their head coach right now is out. And the Browns are still trying to find a way here with the Raiders flailing at the yeah. moment. So it's funny. I've covered the Browns so much. I actually covered uh, the wild card game last year against Pittsburgh where Kevin Stefanski tested positive for COVID and couldn't play. I couldn't coach. And this week, same thing. I'm headed to Cleveland tomorrow. And Kevin Stefanski pretty much said, Hey, the guys have proven they can win without me. The issue to me now, it's, well, Baker's not, I mean, technically he could still, a lot of these guys still could have two negative tests, but the game is Saturday. We have one less day. So that's what makes me a little nervous about how many of them could actually, you know, clear the COVID list. 
but it's a lot of guys. And this is a Browns team. Talk about Super Bowl. People were putting them, you know, in the Super Bowl in the preseason. And they have just been a, a big disappointment this year. And this is a point where, look at the, I mean, look at the amount of teams that everybody has a chance. And the Browns are too talented roster-wise to be in, that, in the hunt. They should be, like, in, in competition for the division. And they still are. But this COVID thing, they've been rocked. And it's a big blow for a team that has um, playoff aspirations. What do you make of what the NFL and NFLPA, I guess, didn't come to an agreement with with the increased testing? Because we know coming out of those meetings in Texas yesterday that the NFL doesn't have any plans with these cases surging left and right to do any more testing for all players, even though the NFL PA has been pushing that as they have been since the beginning of when they came to an agreement on this stuff. So, so what happens next? Like, do you think this is truly going to affect the postseason the way that at least it like is kind of foreshadowing it might? You know, Courtney, the NFL has made it clear that they do not want to change games. They don't want to change the schedule. It is what it is. And last year, we almost got through a whole season without having to do a lot of postponements. Um, And there was no vaccine, no booster. This year, you know, I thought with this week, I thought it was a a huge week where the NFL would have to say, you know what, maybe we have to go back to those protocols from last year, the daily testing, guys not eating together, grab-and-go lunches. If you're doing indoor practice facility stuff, make it spread out. And instead, the NFLPA screaming about, hey, we want more testing. It's about the health and safety and feeling like the NFL is really just about preserving the football and not the people. And that is, you know, will the league try? I know the league, I've heard from people that the league wants to just move towards testing, um, not testing vaccinated people anymore. You know, only if you show symptoms. And, you know, like that sort of thing raises eyebrows only because, if we really are, are focused on the protocols and making sure everybody's okay, and, and daily testing to me is the most logical first step, but we're about to see um, changes are coming, but they'll be, be interesting. And enjoy Cleveland. <laughs> Hazmat suit on deck. <laughs> Kimberly Martin, ESPN NFL Insider. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, join, Goth, uh, join host Gotham Chopra as he explores what Tom Brady has meant to football and the world in Man in the Arena, a new podcast from ESPN Plus and Religion of Sports. A companion piece to Gotham's ESPN Plus docuseries, this 10-part podcast examines the improbable ripple effects of Brady's career, things that have forced us to rethink everything we thought we knew about time, hatred, perfection, even fate. The podcast is brought to you by State Farm, ZipRecruiter, and Rocket Mortgage. Listen and follow Man in the Arena now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and stream the docuseries on ESPN+. Courtney, tonight, Chiefs and Chargers, we talked about it a little bit with Kimberly. What is your take on this game in our final moments here? I think that the Chiefs will probably end up locking up the AFC West, like all but locking it up tonight. I mean, I don't know if it's official with the clinching scenario, but it's theirs to win. And what Kim said really struck with me, and they're winning really in spite of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, outside of the two games in this six-game win streak that he's played against the Raiders, I mean, they probably should want to play the Raiders every single week considering how good he is in those matchups. He's just been okay. He hasn't been the spectacular Patrick Mahomes. So 
if he's back to like normal Patrick Mahomes tonight, watch out because they're going down steamrolling through this month of December, and this is when they get the most dangerous. It feels like he's going to break out at any moment. The one thing I would look for tonight that really people I don't think have taken even enough advantage of is the Chargers are just not good against the run. I could see Clyde Edwards-Alaire having a big night. Bowl season kicking off this weekend on ESPN Radio. It's the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, 11 a.m. featuring Western Kentucky and Appalachian State featuring E.J. Emanuel and the extremely handsome Chris Carlin. This college football preview brought to you by Cross Country Mortgage. From home buying to refinancing, Cross Country Mortgage is dedicated to getting it done. Visit them at ccm.com. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.